Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. I'm your pastor here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado, and this is the show where we take your calls, talk about the things pertaining to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and it is a call-in show, so give me a call, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. All lines are wide open, and we'll be taking your calls and, and your text messages, 720-336-0897. 720-336-0897 is the number. Um, what's on your mind? What's going on? Uh, one thing I want to talk about uh, right at the outset is today is the five-year anniversary of Pastor Chuck Smith uh, heading on into heaven ahead of us. Um, uh, you could talk about it being uh, he died, uh, he passed away, he entered in the presence of his Lord. Uh, he is uh, where in many ways we want to be. Um, not in a bad way, but just uh, delivered from this human body and in the presence of the Lord. So I was reflecting upon uh, Pastor Chuck and uh, his ministry in my life. I, I didn't know him personally <clears throat> um, in that, um, you know, I, I met him a couple of times and was able to spend about a half hour with him when he visited here at Calvary Aurora. Uh, what an honor uh, that, that he was here serving with uh, Love Song, one of the bands, one of the final tours. We were able to have him uh, be a part of the ministry here. Uh, and so I got to, he was staying in a trailer, uh, not a trailer, but a, um, what's it, uh, on wheels, uh, a motorhome, a very nice motorhome uh, that one of the brothers was uh, driving him in. Uh, and so I got to go over to the motorhome and and he was just so interested in the ministry here. He was interested in what God was doing. And that was just before, so it was probably 2009. <clears throat> maybe um, maybe it was uh, in 2000, early 2010, late 2009, 2010, I don't remember. Um, but he, um, he had asked if, uh, if, if I was available. Uh, and so we went over, and he checking in on my family. Um, you know, checking in on my marriage and my children. Uh, he was interested in the city and the church. And, and that was right before um, we had finalized the deal for Grace FM. And he was very interested in radio and very interested in being, bringing Christian radio to Denver. And so when I shared with him how close we were to finalizing the deal with uh, Way FM, which is what the station used to be. Uh, he was very encouraging, very helpful, and uh, he was just so interested. He was like so happy that Bible teaching, verse by verse, line by line, uh, would come to Denver like it did in Southern California with Way uh, with K, K Wave. 
<clears throat> so um, had a great time with him. Uh, of course, he served here. We have a little video of him uh, singing here. I wonder if I could find it and post it on Instagram uh, when he was leading us in, in a little bit of a, a hymn when he was here. But um, so miss him. Uh, he passed away uh, just uh, as you know, just a few months after my son did. Uh, my son passed away in May, uh, and Pastor Chuck passed away in October. And and I have to say, like it hit me like I lost a family member. Um, and I mean, I was still very raw in the loss of my son. And um, uh, so I'm sure that played a part in it. <clears throat> but but I love Pastor Chuck, and I, I love the ministry that he handed down through Pastor Jeff Johnson, my pastor. Uh, and, you know, the Bible says to honor those that God has used in your lives. Um, and we, we need to learn how to be respectful of the people that God's put in our lives. Um, one thing that's being lost today is a general respect uh, for for those that God has put into our lives. Uh, and I was thinking of <clears throat> in Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 7, it says, Remember those who rule over you and have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. And then later in verse 17 of that same same chapter, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls and who must give account let them do with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. And in such an individualistic society, uh, relationships are very tenuous, and and uh, disagreements turn into, you know, full-blown character assassinations and attacks. And it's happening in the church. It's not just a world thing. It's happening in the church uh, that that men and women just choosing to elevate themselves over relationship and not walking at all in agape love. And uh, how, may the Lord help us. Um, may the Lord help us to obey these scriptures. 303-690-3000. So let's go right to the phone lines. Uh, Willie in Aurora, Colorado. Welcome to the program. How are you doing, Pastor Taylor? I'm doing good, Willie. What's up, man? I have a really uh, off-the-wall question. Um, I was wondering, um, I know that God honors prayer, and I know that if you ask, um, he'll grant you that. But I also want to know, does, you know, as, as bad as it sounds, does he also um, grant the prayer for people who are um, praying bad things upon other people? He does not. Okay. No, because our prayers are answered how? According to his will. And so According here's his will. will. You ready to hear it? Yes, sir. Here's his will, especially with people that we may consider enemies. <clears throat> you remember Jesus was giving a teaching in Matthew on how to treat our enemies? And he says this in Matthew 5, 43. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Those, when you pray and act in that way, God honors that. But he doesn't pray and act in a way that would wish harm on someone. Um, because remember, it's not God's heart that any should perish, but all should have eternal life. 
So let me so ask, I can, can, I, can I ask you a question? Yes, sir. Are you asking this like personally or for someone else? So, so it comes, it comes around two different ways. Before okay. I was saved and before I found Christ, okay. I had, I had, I was real bitter about some things that were going on in my life, about some things that happened to me. Okay. And I, and I had prayed for some bad things that happened. And I think something did happen. I don't know if it was, in, I don't know if it was God's will or not, but, okay. um, like someone died. Uh-huh. And then, um, recently I just, um, admitted my, um, my, my wrongdoing and my sins to a person who I committed my sins to before I was saved, you know? Okay. Yes. And, um, when I told him about my sins and what I did, and he's just like, I'm just going to pray that bad things happen to you and bad things are just like, God's just going to destroy your life. <laughs> well, thank God for Jesus Christ, because through Jesus Christ, our lives were the exact opposite of being destroyed. And, you know, sometimes people will express their, their heart in a, in a real negative way like that. But no, God does not answer those prayers in the affirmative um, he's not a genie that you can just wish bad things on people. Um, when we pray, he answers our prayers according to his will. And, and the way that we pray is to abide in his word, and his word abides in us. And, and our hearts, in tune with God in prayer, will actually not want anything bad to happen, that God, through prayers, we're praying for someone, will actually change our mind. Okay, well, I, well since then I have repented about the wrongdoings that okay. I had done to that person prior to even telling them about it. And Good. I believe that God forgave me. I'm not quite sure. I agree. He did forgive you. Now, with that with that per- particular person, you don't, don't go into any detail. I'm not asking for that. But was there anything that you needed to do to make it right besides talking to them and asking for forgiveness? There was... That was like the only step that I could possibly make is by just okay. telling them, like, bringing it to light and, you know, yes. just bringing it to light and letting them know that I, I did it wrong and I want, and apologize and just know that I had hurt them, you know? Yes. Well, and um, that's as far as I was trying to go with it. You know, I was my attentions weren't hurt. You hit that person. And before I was saved, I was a real monster. I was a different type of person, you know? Too. And, like, I'm just trying to make amends for things that I did in the past and trying to and just trying to become a better person in Christ now, you know, and like when these things that came up, you know, I really, I really understood that, you know, I hurt him really deeply, you know, yes. and from then on, I could just, he, he just verbally expressed like how upset he was, of course, you know, and I also repented um, prior to me praying bad things upon other people too. Good. Well, let, here's what the Bible says, so you can hear it on the authority of God. We just read this this morning. Uh, in our staff meeting, I was sharing my heart a little bit with the team, and and the Bible says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so when you confessed your sins, the forgiveness of God through Christ Jesus, which is already yours, was experienced on those particular sins. You are free from them. Uh, you no longer are bound by them. And by trying to make it right with people, you've taken the next step. And now you need to wait for God to do a work in their hearts that they might forgive you. And this is what I've taught people, and I've learned it myself. Um, God is much faster to forgive than people are. You're right. And that's what you're experiencing right now. God is much faster to forgive than people are. Yes, sir. 
Um, thank you, Pastor Ed. Um, I just want you to um, also add me into your prayer, uh, into also your prayer request. Um, I've been um, walking with God. I've been walking with Christ for about a full year now, man. I, I talked to him about a couple years back, and I've grown really, really close to the Father very, very quickly. And my whole life is based around him. I wake up, I pray, I pray all day, I read my Bible. I'm just, I'm just like, that's, that's constantly what I'm thinking about, you know. Um, but recently, over the weekend, you know, I had a really great weekend over at, at church and just had a great experience overall, you know, with the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me. And then after, you know, I've been recovering from, you know, I've been staying clean from alcohol and drugs, you know. Yes. And after church, a freaking old work friend invited me to come out and watch the game with her. I backslid and I drank okay. and I backslid and I went back to some of my old ways for that night. Ever since Sunday night, I just, I just, I just felt so shameful. Yes. So I just felt like I let, I failed the Lord. I felt like I failed the Lord. I just felt like. I just feel like a thousand miles away from him right now. And I'm just wondering, like, how can I get back to just, like, that relationship that I had with him, you know? Well, you're, you know, by you admitting it right now and, and expressing a true remorse and repentance, God is going to honor that. And, and you know, the, here's the problem, and, and this is the real problem that, that you're facing, is that your feelings are overwhelming the facts, and even though you made serious mistakes and backsliding and and uh, you sinned against the Lord, uh, He didn't abandon you in that moment. Uh, he didn't turn His back on you. Um, what you're experiencing is something known as consequences. You know, you're yeah. experiencing consequences. And, and I, I want you to know, I've been sober now for 27 years, and and God is going to give you give back to you the places and the people that you're going to be able to be strong enough in your own uh, in your daily decisions where you can be around that stuff and not do it. But right now, you're in a very weakened place, and it's just best that you avoid those places for a while uh, because you're weak. You know, you're so close to being sober and you're so close to walking in victory that... 60 days, 60 days without a drink or 60 days without any hard drugs. And what, what you experienced at that party was, um, the Bible says, evil company corrupts good habits. And that's what you experienced. You know, you were in the wrong place. Any any one of us listening right now, if we're at the, in the wrong place uh, at the right time, we'll fail. We'll fail too. Um, and so we want to be in a place where we are. Our efforts and energies are to be abiding in Christ as close as close to Him as we can be, and as away far away from the sin that so uh, trips us up. But you know, the judgment that you're feeling was actually taken by Jesus Christ upon himself. You don't have to feel condemnation. As a matter of fact, the Bible says there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ. And so from the second you repented and expressed your repentance toward God was the millisecond that you were back in fellowship with God. And is, can I repent too much? Can I, can I keep asking? Because I've been repenting for like three days now. Is there, is there is there like a, a moment that God's like, the, are you forgiving and quit asking yeah, for the first time? Over thing? Yeah, it's the first time, you know, because it makes you feel good, and and I know it's a weird feeling, but it makes you feel good to beat yourself up. You're not the only one, you know. In, in the early church, there were 
there were men that followed God that liked to beat themselves. Even Martin yeah, Luther, he would beat himself because he felt so bad where he had a misunderstanding of the grace of God, and he just felt so bad. He felt like if he whipped himself, he would somehow add to the sufferings that Jesus Christ had, but Jesus suffered it all. And That's exactly how I felt. Yeah, it's a, it's a normal feeling. It's not a good feeling, but it's a normal feeling. And, you know, basically, when you don't accept the forgiveness of God, then you're saying that you are God. Like, you're yeah. more... You, you're, you're saying that your feelings and your desires are greater than what God has said in his word. And it's going to take some time to learn this. So don't beat yourself up even with my answer, okay? Because you're going to grow in understanding how to accept. You know, how about, and let me ask you, I mean, let me put it this way in a real silly way, okay? Um, so forgive me for the silliness, but I think you'll get my point, all right? All right. We're in the drive through at McDonald's. We order a number one meal. You and I were in the car. You're driving, and they get. We say we want them in two bags, right? So the first bag comes in the drink. It's mine. You hand it to me, and I put my drink in the holder and I start eating my fries, which everyone does when they go to McDonald's. They always go for the fries first, okay? Yeah. Then, then they give you your bag. You take it and you tell the lady in the window, "Give me my bag," and the lady says, "I gave you your bag." And you say, no, give me my bag. And the lady says, I gave you your bag. It's in your hands. Give me my bag. And, I mean, how often, how long will you ask for the bag? It's already in your hands. You're right. And that's how it is with the love and forgiveness of God. God, I'm so sorry. I know, son, you're forgiven. God, I'm so sorry. I know, son, Jesus paid the price for your sins, and, and I know... I know that it was a battle for you to do that, and I know you know it was a bad decision, and I know... I, I just felt like I heard Christ himself. I felt like, like, I felt like he's been grooming me and preparing me for something great, maybe something in ministry, maybe something in, in something in my life, you know? And I feel like the mistakes that I made may have like altered his will and altered his direction with me, and now I have to like start over to try to purify and try to... like. You know, um, just get myself back to where I was at with him because I, I was felt like I was just so close with him. My relationship was just getting so close with him, and okay. I don't believe it fell so hard, man. I, just, I here's, know here's what I'm going to do for you. Um, I'm going to pray for you in a minute, and then I'm going to put you on hold, and I want you to give uh, Frank, who's going to pick up the phone, I want you to give him your full name and address, and then I'm going to ask my assistant to send you a book on the topic of grace. And and this is going to be the beginning stages of you learning about the grace of God and learning about the sufficiency of the grace of God and how faithful God is to forgive you. And your feelings are going to go up and down. They're going to go left and right. But, but you're going to learn how to stay steady by the faithfulness of God and not your up and down. Because if you keep living like this, I mean, obviously, you don't you, you want to stay away from alcohol. I mean, I think that's obvious. You know that. You want to yeah, stay away. It's done so much destruction to you. It's it's wrecked your life. And, and now, even as a believer, it's come back to mock you. Yes, it has. I, the devil was laughing at me this weekend after I fell. And so we want to stay away from those things that mock us. And we all have those things in our lives. Uh, and, and that's just the reality of life. That's, you know, I, I got saved from drug and alcohol myself, and, and it's just best I stay away from it. And... That's what I encourage people to do. It's the best thing to do. 
Um, that yeah. way you that way you don't get into to it yourself and you don't stumble someone else. Um, you know, there's better things to drink and there's better things to do. It's uh, it's not oh I need a I need a beer to unwind. No, you just need to trust the Lord to unwind. Well, I just had such a bad day with the kids. I need a I, I need a margarita. No, you don't need a margarita. You need to trust in the Lord and show your kids that you love them. That even through a stress filled day, that the comfort and the peace of God is yours. And and so in light of that, God is teaching you this. And one of the greatest things for you to learn is the all sufficient grace of God, that He has done it all for you. Yes, sir. And so I'm going to pray for you, and then I'll put you on hold, and um, okay. and we'll put it in the mail. Because our bookstore is closing it right now. We're rebuilding it, so I'll just put it in the mail to you, okay? Okay, thank you very much. It, it's my gift, right? So you don't have to pay for it. It's my gift to you. Thank you, Pastor. Father, I pray for my new friend Willie and the work you're doing in his life. And God, that you would infuse even a, a simple understanding of your great grace, that, that it's all of what you have done for him, Jesus, not what he does for you. And that he would not only know, but also feel your forgiveness. Uh, that, that the knowledge would root him, but the feelings would encourage him. That he recognize how much you love him. And, and yeah, uh, it was a bad choice, no doubt. It was a bad choice, but God, he made it through. He repented. And now help him as he lives a life to please you. That he might learn the essence of of the beautiful, wonderful grace of God. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. So it's a book by uh, Pastor Chuck Smith. It's called Why Grace Changes Everything, and um, it's a simple read, and it'll just bless you. Okay. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I really appreciate everything you've done, man. Your, your teachings and um, <clears throat> just your teachings from the Bible, just, just your words are just overwhelmingly, you know, inspirational for, for us followers, you know. Well, whenever you think of me, just remember that God can use anybody. And if God can use this punk from East L.A., then he can definitely use you. That's right. I just have to keep walking in righteousness and try to purify myself and just... Okay, no. Actually, that's not. That's not. You don't purify yourself because you've already been pured by God. Just just keep... Just just stop with the first statement. I just need to keep walking with God. That's it. Just... God. Just keep walking with God. He He's your strength. He's your sufficiency. He's your help. And He has provided everything you need that pleases Him. And you don't purify yourself because, remember, Jesus Christ purified you. So what more could you possibly add to the cross? Nothing. Nothing. Exactly. It's not on your shoulders. You simply enjoy what's right. Give me my, don't forget this illustration. Give me my bag. Give me my Big Mac. Give me my, don't forget how silly that would sound and look. God has already given to you everything that you need. You don't need to keep asking him for it. You just need to enjoy it. Amen. All right, bro. Here you go. I'm going to put you on hold. All right, thank you, Pastor. You're welcome. 303-690-3000. I forgot to mention you guys on Hope FM. Welcome, welcome. Truth FM, so glad that you've joined us. Everyone listening online on, the, on gracefm.com or on our free app. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're going to get right back to the phone lines. Uh, Leslie in Denver. Leslie, welcome to the program. Thanks. Um, I, I just started reading uh, Francis Chan's Crazy Love. 
I'm and, sorry, um, I didn't hear what you were reading. Can you say that again? Oh yeah, sure. Can you hear me? I can't. It's kind of you're kind of uh, hard to understand. Like let your me, phone. Let me put you on Okay, let's try that. Let me see. Is that better? That is better, actually. Yes, perfect. Okay, good. Okay. Um, so I've been. I just started reading Francis Chan's uh, Crazy Love. Okay. Yes. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I and, am. Um, it's it's started me thinking a lot, and um, and then recently I ran across an article on faithit.com, which they're on Facebook, and they just always have some, usually just fun, but kind of interesting articles. And okay. it was about a, a youth pastor who had told this other youth pastor to view an episode of, um, I think they're called, I think it's Queer Guy for the, Queer queer Eye for the Straight Guy, and it's on Netflix, and it's a group of five homosexual guys who just go and they they just do really nice things for people. And um, this episode was them going to Georgia, and um, there was a woman there who is a Christian, and she wanted help um, getting basically a life center together for senior citizens and child care just for their community. Um, they live in a really small community. And it was a really awesome episode of that, and I've never watched any other episodes, but, like, they pulled up Bible verses on the screen, and they had open discussions about God and love, and they had a really interesting take because you have five homosexual men who are saying how they've been so hurt by the church, sure. and one of them was a, was a pastor's son and grew up in church, and then when he finally came out with his sexuality, how he was um, like shunned, essentially, from the church, and how that hurt him, and how he wouldn't even walk in this woman's church. And um, this woman was great, and she she really exemplified God's love. I felt like she was just uh, just loving. You could see how she loved her community, and she just her her statement of faith was essentially that she's not here on this earth for her, but to better other people's lives, whoever okay. those people are. And um, this whole this whole episode, and um, and then this book that I'm reading, and agape love, and and thinking about how how, like, love is the greatest commandment, and how as Christians and as a church we should be loving everybody, um, has really come full force with also my belief as a Christian, my biblical beliefs, and where we're at as a country, and how we're so divided as a nation, and how do I show um, this agape love and love for everybody, but still stand up biblically for what I feel is right, especially when it comes to laws and voting and stuff like that. Well, you know, I think that you have to start thinking in terms of priorities, okay? Because Jesus was truth in human form, right? He, he displayed, uh, he declared to us that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. And so we look to Jesus really as a, as a physical model of what it looks like to display love and without compromising truth, because he was sinless. So we know yep. that in all his actions, he didn't compromise truth. And I think priorities are everything. So we're coming up on a break here. I just, so when you hear the music, I'm going to put you on hold and we'll finish on the other end, but, and, okay. and we'll yeah. catch up with everyone that's new. But the, the reality of, for, for you and me is that, that we're going to have more, we're going to, we're going to sin. Not, I was going to say we have a more propensity to sin, but we're going to sin. So we are not going to walk perfectly in the motto of Jesus Christ, but he lives within us. And 
he was able to both show agape love without compromising truth. And that, that really becomes the place where how do we, how do we adapt that into our lives? Um, and what does that look like in a, on an everyday level? And when you put it into politics and standing up for what's right, I think that uh, when we get back from the break, we can talk about what our priorities are and how the Holy Spirit will lead us in every area of society to both stand for what is right, but also express His true love. So okay. uh, hang on to that thought. We'll be right back. Uh, you're listening to Calvary Live, and we're talking about truth and agape love and just wrestling with the tension between the two uh, as, as it's perceived. So stick with us. We'll be right back in Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to Calvary Live. We are uh, grateful that you joined us. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. 3,000. Uh, we were on the line uh, right before the break with Leslie. So Leslie, welcome back. Thanks. Uh, we are um, we're talking about showing agape love and without, without um, losing the truthfulness of, of a belief, or maybe you could put it in better and a summary sentence, just for everyone that just joined us. Uh, me? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. What do you? Th- uh, did I represent that correctly? Yeah. How do we? How do we show love and and stand up biblically for what is right? Yeah. So let's let's think of it. Think it through because we talked a little bit before the break. Jesus was truth incarnate. That means he was walking truth, and he never compromised love, and he never compromised truth. And so, how did he do it? Uh, and I think that part of that we can we can say, uh, looking at his life, how he dealt with you know the woman uh, that was caught in the midst of adultery, uh, he was able to um, he was able to love her and still establish that what she was doing was wrong, um, and she responded to that, or hanging out with prostitutes, or like he, he was able to navigate through this world without compromise. But I think one verse that popped into mind as I was thinking this through is how does God demonstrate his love toward us? And it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, that God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so it's through crucifixion, the crucifixion of God in human flesh, that love is demonstrated. And we could say in the same way, right? God the Father did not compromise truth. He's, uh, you could say with, with our same vocabulary that God stood for what was right and still at great personal sacrifice demonstrated love. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. think that that's, our, that's the path that God has called for us to be to have as believers. And so let's say, I think uh, you use the illustration of a television show with, with homosexual men that were describing how hurt they were from the church and other believers. 
you know, one of the ways that I, if they would allow me to dialogue with them, you know, if they, if we were, if, if they would invite me into that conversation, um, one of the things I think that I would do to demonstrate love would be to acknowledge their hurt. Um, you know, I think one of the ways that believers somehow think that they're asserting truth is they want to argue all the time or yeah. they want to prove a point. And I, and I just don't see that in the life of Jesus. I, I, I would accept what they say that they were hurt. Um, I would minister to, to them as hurting people. Um, I wouldn't minister to their lifestyle choice or the homosexuality that they're involved in, as flamboyant as they may be. I, I haven't seen that show, but I've heard that they're pretty flamboyant on that show. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I want to be careful not to minister to the sin, but to the person. And so yeah. I would go down that path with them. You know, I think, I think of the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. She was naked, embarrassed, shamed. Uh, and Jesus didn't say, what are you doing committing adultery? That wasn't his first topic. Um, as a matter of fact, he doesn't actually even mention it, at least in what's recorded for us, uh, by name. I mean, it's pretty obvious what's going on. It's pretty obvious. Um, it was a setup. Like, he wasn't going to play that game with them. And and I think that we just have to walk in in wisdom and acknowledge the hurt, acknowledge the pain, and 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 talk about that part to acknowledge their humanity. Um, it's It's pretty much, you know, if I'm a conservative pastor coming into a conversation like that, um, I know where they stand and they know where I stand. So um, I want to take the place of, man, if they say they're hurt, then let's talk about that hurt. And, yeah. and, and I know that they're, I, 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 I'm, I'm pretty confident that they're going to use Christian words. I'm pretty confident that they're going to claim to be believers. I get that. But I'm looking for a way to build a bridge into their life so I can yeah. deliver the truth. And I think a lot of times we as believers can deliver the truth like, before building the bridge. And there's times for that. I'm not, I mean, obviously when I'm teaching the Bible and I'm speaking of sin and particular sins, I'm not really building that many bridges with people. Right. Um, so I get yeah. that. There's a time and place for everything the Bible says. But, um, you know, I, 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 I think I can have a dialogue with people. Um, a lot of times in our ministry, um, we're looking to have conversations with people. So we, we're look, we want the second one. You know, we're building the second one, or we want to earn the question. Um, my friend Dominic was here to teach for me recently, and and he was talking about his ministry and the YMCA and all the different people and a lot of unbelieving people that use the YMCA in his community. And he's a chaplain there, and and he's talking about. And I love this phrase; I've adopted it as my own now. Um, he said, "We're earning. We want to earn the question why." And, and so I want, to, I want to be able to communicate with people. I want to be able to build a bridge. I want to acknowledge our differences. Uh, and, and we're going to get to it. You know, we're going to get to this place. If you say you're a Christian and, and you believe homosexuality is okay, then we must be using a different Bible. So what's your standard? You know, and that's where we start talking about standards. What's a person's standard of right and wrong? Yeah. And, and again, I'm... In my early days as a believer, I was all into winning arguments. I'm not winning the winning arguments anymore uh, as much as I am in winning souls. And I realize I'm, I'm a plant, seed planter. I'm also a seed waterer, but it's a God that gives the increase. And, and so I'm not going to be so quick. I mean, I have to say, though, in some conversations, you know, they get under your skin. People get under your skin, and you just get in the flesh. And they're just like, oh, I always regret that uh, in my life because <laughs> I can get into the flesh. But... Um, I don't think you have to compromise the truth 
while ex- exhibiting agape love. And this is the key, when you die to yourself. That's how God demonstrated his love toward us. He, he crucified the Son of God on our behalf. And I think in any argument, someone's got to die, and it should be the believer. Uh-huh. Walking yeah. in, the, in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And, you know, when it comes to politics, I, I, I think, and another example, when it comes to politics, I think that people can get too caught up in politics and, and completely forget the love of God. Uh, and because we're dealing with like super hyper exaggerated arguments uh, right. and they're really bad. Like, and it's okay to have a stand. It's okay to be conservative. It's okay. If you choose to be liberal, it's, it's okay. It's not all good. None of it's going to matter in the presence of God. And so how do we handle within the political realm or some of the cultural issues we have? We, we, I, th- I want to fall back on Matthew chapter six, verse 33. I want to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto me. And, and I'm, I'm a little bit older now. I've lived through quite a few presidential campaigns. I've lived through f- quite a few polit- political things. And man, po- politics comes and goes, but the gospel stays the same. And, and I just don't want to lose my credibility with someone um, by having some, taking some exaggerated side in politics, but sticking close to the... If I'm going to take a side, I want to take a biblical side in the argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easier said than done. You know, I'm on the radio. It's all a controlled environment. Um, but in the midst of a conversation, we require a submission to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, we're all going to blow it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's like one, one other thought, and then you can follow up with some of the things you've been wrestling with. But um, like I mentioned with Willie earlier, you know, the reality is, is that we also have actions that Jesus said to do for people that we perceive to be our enemies. Um, you know, people, even though they may not be full, full blown enemies, but you know, at odds with us. And that, that is, um, love your enemies, bless those that curse you, do good to those that hate you and pray for those that spitefully use you and persecute you. Mm-hmm. So you can, uh, love, bless, do good and pray for those that you're at odds with as well and not mm-hmm. compromise truth. But I don't think as believers we have to cower and hide the truth and somehow just capitulate to a culture that's abandoned God. Um, our voice is just as important, as important as anyone else. But what's the point? Are we going after souls or are we going after winning an argument? Right, yeah. That's, that's why I'm not on Facebook anymore. Um, yeah. And that's why I don't respond to Facebook things anymore because it just wasn't profitable for me. It it, it inflamed my flesh to yep. uh, to see people, um, you know, people that were writing this and doing that and pastors involved and I just couldn't take it anymore. Um, yeah. It just didn't edify me. Other people can take it. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but um, for me, it, I, it was taking too much of my brain matter uh, <clears throat> in order to to serve Jesus. And so I just had to make decisions that would keep me more in the spirit than in the flesh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah. yeah those, those are that I just, yeah, I wrestle with it a lot. I just, um, and not just, not just the homosexual aspect of it. I mean, obviously it, that just came up because when I had the stomach flu this weekend, I watched that episode, yes, uh-huh. but, uh, I, uh, I, I wrestle with everything because, 
you know, when the whole border conflict was going on, I, I love these people and I, I hurt for these people because I'm really, really thankful to live in America and I'm proud of my country and, yes. um, and we live in a great place and I'm sad for people who don't have the same mm-hmm. sort of opportunities as we have. And yes. I, um, you know, in the Syrian refugee crisis and I feel really bad for these people, but I, but I also believe biblically that God gave countries borders and we're we're to follow the laws of our country and but i i really hurts me when people will look at me and say that i don't care at all for these people right and i don't know how and i guess that's personal and emotional for me but um i do really care for people i just i don't know how to do both and i don't compromise the truth and i'm pretty outspoken about what i feel but then i feel like a lot of people just get this wronged impression that i'm a Christian and I'm not loving. Well, I mean, it's also sometimes sometimes that's just a tactic. It's called in logic an ad hominem attack. And they they don't have a good response to the facts you're presenting, so they attack your character. And yeah. then once your character gets attacked, you you know, you get all personal. We all do. It's a very, yeah. very popular argument tactic. Um it, it would be worth um your time too to go down to the library and pick up a book on basic logic. And, okay. and I'm not saying you're not logical, but it'll give you some tools uh, in how people reason in their minds when they're arguing. And it was very, very helpful. There's actually a book by um, Norm Geisler on, um, I, man, I don't remember the title of it, but um, let me see if I can find it. Um, I, I took a call. I took a, I didn't take a college class, but there was a, I used to work with a gal that took a college class on logic, then dropped it. And so I asked her to give me your book and she did. <laughs> and it was one of the most helpful. I think of taking a class would have even been better. Um, uh, but I learned a lot of how people reason in their thinking so that I can see an attack when it's coming <clears throat> or, or I can also talk to someone about their, their illogical thought. I mean, it doesn't always work, but it does help where, um, logic isn't going to win a biblical argument, but it's going to help build a bridge. That's my whole thing. And, you know, my whole thing is I want to build a bridge with somebody. And the whole purpose yeah. is not to get to them, but rather to get to them to bring them back with me. Yeah. That's yeah. different. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't need to force my opinion on them. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that they already suppress the truth in unrighteousness. They already know the truth, especially in our country. They already know the truth. Um, so now, what is it, Lord, that you're going to open up their their minds <clears throat> and their understanding to help them see only God can really make the point? And, yeah. you know, I think, um, like you said, I'm, I'm very grateful I was born in this country. I'm very grateful for the men and women that have served our country and, and fought for the freedoms that we have. And, and, uh, and I think that's okay to assert that. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, if if we do really appreciate our country, then we would also appreciate why people fought and died for our country is for the for someone else to have the ability to hold an opposite view. Um, yeah. If if just because someone disagrees with our view doesn't mean they don't appreciate our country like we do, you know. And so you, it takes time to get to know that kind of. That's why you you know I'm I'm always hopefully wanting another conversation. Um, because it takes time to draw that out. Yeah. Um, the book, I found it, it's called Come, Let Us Reason, An Introduction to Logical Thinking okay. by Norm Geisler. 
and it's like five bucks used on Amazon. Okay. <clears throat> and it's a great little tool. Just you're always, you know, because you have a passion to communicate, because you have a passion to communicate the gospel, because you're learning about agape love and what that looks like in your life, um, adding to you, just like you are with reading this book, uh, adding to you. There's a great book I want to recommend right after this. It's called Love by Pastor Chuck Smith. Okay. And it is, it, it is a, I mean, Pastor Chuck was, um, was a man that, that oozed the love of God. He wasn't a perfect man, but it was a man that oozed the love of God. And, and I'm just rereading that book right now. Um, and the more you sow seeds of righteousness into your heart, the more, the more it, they will bear fruit in your life. So I hope that Great. helped. Yeah, it helps a lot. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. God bless you, Leslie. You too. Have a good day. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 303-690-3000. Peter, Fort Collins, Colorado. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed. Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome. So, uh, I would just like a prayer request. I'm actually getting married tomorrow to my fiance Marie. Wow, congratulations. Uh, yeah, so I just, with the Lord's will, I just, I would just want a prayer to make sure everything goes well. Well, let's pray. And Okay. God, I pray for Peter as he approaches one of the most important days of his life, that all would go well, that you would be glorified. Your word says that marriage is honorable, and it's an honorable thing that Peter's entering into tomorrow. And, and I pray that you would bless him and bless this marriage, that it might be one that is in you, and for you, and to you, as it represents, in a very real way, your relationship with the Church, Jesus. And so bless him, even in his nervousness, even in his concerns, that tomorrow would be a glorious day that honors you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. I really appreciate that. So this is like the last time we could talk to you as a single man. Yeah. So now you're going to have to call back after you're married so we can see and hear how changed you are. Yeah. Um, I actually go to your church. and uh, Oh, uh, Matt's doing your wedding. He, we prayed for you this morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Matt asked for prayer uh, because he had your rehearsal today, didn't you? Yeah, Pastor Matt. <laughs> that's right. That's awesome. I met you guys over by the doors, remember? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. We were talking about premarital today and talking about changing it up and then that, and then he said to pray for him because he was doing your um he was doing your rehearsal today. So it's gonna be great. Yeah, so uh everything went well and I'm just you know I'm praying that, you know, God continues to watch over us and yes. you know, ensures that everything according to his will. It goes so. it, it will. So here, here's a couple practical things. Number one, all you need to do is remember the words, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and don't blow those words. No, I won't. <laughs> and then another <laughs> practical thing is keep your knees bent a little bit yeah. when you're standing up there, and I'll tell you why. It, it is an overwhelming day. Uh, it's an overwhelmingly wonderful day. It's the day you guys have anticipated, the day that you guys have done all your premarital and and just have waited for. And when you see your bride in her dress for the very first time, it is it is just going to overwhelm you. 
and I wouldn't be surprised if tears don't well up in your eyes and you just begin to appreciate the faithfulness and the goodness of God in a whole new way. And if you lock your knees, and, and this is real, if you lock your knees, you have a tendency to fall over. And so just keep them loose a little bit. Um, Enjoy the day. Take it all in. um, And and just give God all the glory for the great things he's done in your life. Yeah, like, it's a true blessing that he's given me Marie in my life and that we get to become one. It's going to be great. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. I just... You know, I just, I can't wait for tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to be great. And uh, so I hope you get a good night's sleep. And I know Pastor Matt's taking good care of you. He's a good man. And, um, you know, we're not just there for premarital and we're not just there for the marriage. We're also there for afterward. So you're yeah. not in this alone. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pastor Ed. Okay, brother. I'll see you soon. Yeah, for sure. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. is the number. John in Boulder, Colorado. John, welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, John, guess where I was recently? Where were you? It it was one of the places in the United States that reminds me of Boulder a lot. (laughs) Boulder? (laughs) No, no, I wasn't in Boulder. I was actually in another state. I'll give you one guess. It it very much reminded me of a bigger Boulder. Berkeley. Oh, I haven't been to Berkeley. I was in Portland. Portland, Portland, Oregon. Um, Except it was very cloudy and gloomy, um, not not sunny and beautiful. You know why? One of the reasons I'm in Colorado, I know you got a question, but we got time. Uh, One of the reasons I'm in Colorado today is because um, uh, the only vacation my parents primarily took was to my aunt's house, who lived out in the country off of Jay Road, out in Boulder, and and we um, uh, we would come out for a couple weeks. And it was so different, Boulder in the, out, in the country out there was so different than where I grew up that I used to have thoughts as a kid, you know, if I ever going to raise a family or anything. And I literally, literally had these thoughts. I'd want to do it here um, because it was just so beautiful and quiet and clean and, you know, horses. You can shoot a BB gun in your backyard. I like, I could never do that growing up where I grew up. And, uh, and so God put a little drop of Colorado in my heart from Boulder so that when we were praying about planning a church, uh, Colorado ended up staying in my heart, and he brought me here to serve uh, in Colorado. So, Well, nowadays, if you bring a BB gun to Boulder, you're liable to find a SWAT team in your backyard. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> and I lived in Portland no. for two years, and I'm a roofer, and it's no fun. Many years ago, yes. It was many yeah. years ago, 40 years ago or so. But anyway, what can I do for you? Uh, Willie, um, so I've had my problems in the past and probably more in the future. Um, so I've been saved and sober for about 20 years. But right. when I was locked up in my last, I guess you would say, uh, big screw-up, when I was getting fixed, I guess, mm-hmm. um, the pastor where I was locked up, Pastor Roy, used to say all the time, we'd be in church and you'd always make guys raise your hand. Who's getting out next? Who's getting out soon? And if guys would raise their hands, and he'd look at him, and he goes, well, what are you going to do? Satan's waiting for you at the gate. And he always used to say, I'm going to tell you what to do. Mm. Psalm 1, 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. If you can live that, you will stay away from drugs and alcohol. Mm. So if you stay away from, you know, the, you know, if you stay away from bad influences, pretty much you're going to have to dump all your old friends till you're strong enough That's to right. to deal with them. Yeah. You know, and do all that, you can stay out of trouble. Now, the other thing is you're going to have a lot of guilt from the past. And I found this one myself. Yes. Uh, Psalm 25, where uh, David was saying, um, uh, forgive me for the sins of my youth. That one will help, too. So if if you read a little bit of Psalm 25 to this guy, you know, it's going to help him deal with the past guilt. So, um, so I pray for Willie. I hope he does good. Uh, if he wants it, he'll get it, and that'll be all right. Uh, you know, I think he is going to do good. I think that there's a there is a sensitivity <laughs> that he shared. Um, you know, he has a sensitivity, and and he I'm I'm glad in one way. I mean, I'm not super glad, but I'm glad in one way that he's, he's experienced this failure because failure has a lot to teach us. Um, yeah. You know, failure. Uh, even as much as we want to have success, failure is a better teacher sometimes than than our successes, and and so we're just praying that that the Lord would strengthen him, and that though a man falls seven times, he'll rise again, and you know that's that's what we desire. All right, all right, man. God bless you, bro. Thank you. All right, bye bye. Bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand taking your calls and your questions. Uh, Let's see who is next. I think we have a call from Baltimore. Ken. Oh, Ken's calling back. How you doing, buddy? Welcome back. (laughs) I I have a prayer request. Great. And I have a comment about a question that somebody else had. Oh, it's okay. I see the I see the comment, but now I see the rest of it. Um, we all have a few minutes, so go for it, Ken. You you have the floor. Okay. Um, I my wife's aunt. She's eighty one. Was just diagnosed with stage four cancer. Mm-hmm. So I sorry. I would just like to have a prayer for her healing. Okay. Her name is Ian Jeanette O'Neill, and she lives in Berkeley Springs, West Virginia. Okay. All right, Father, we pray for this dear sister, God, with the reality of the cancer and uh, very, very difficult diagnosis, very scary, uh, and and we just pray for your healing touch, God. You are the God who heals, and and because you heal, God, we trust you, and we ask for you to arrive speedily. Whether you use um, whether you use medical technology or you supernaturally miraculously heal. Um, we receive it, Lord, and we pray according to your will, that your will would be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ed. You're welcome. Um, the the uh, comment was about the gentleman that called in about the unclean and clean foods, yes, about uh-huh. uh, Moses, and uh, I believe it was Paul later in the Bible that said it was clean to eat and not clean to eat. Yes, uh-huh. And uh, my comment is uh, about Genesis 1. Uh, 29 and 30, and and my feeling is in today's world, there's just no reason to kill the animals for food at all, unless, of course, you were on a plane crash and ended up on a 
on an island or something, of course you're going to have to kill an animal to eat it then. Uh-huh. But there's just too many alternatives today, and, and thou shalt not kill should mean the animals also. It, that's it, just it actually, my personal feeling. And I appreciate that. The, the thou shalt not kill actually doesn't apply to animals. Um, it's specifically toward other human beings. But, you know, when you read Genesis 1, verse 30 says, Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given that green herb for food. And so in the beginning stages, you know, God was before the fall, you know, before the reality of the fall in sin, um, there, there was just vegetarianism or veganism, I guess, if you will, um, but after the fall, you know, because we had uh, dominion, verse 28, um, we begin with dominion over everything, and God even demonstrated using the skins of dead animals that he uses animals for his purposes. So I appreciate your opinion. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye-bye. you, Pastor. I, You're welcome. Have, have a Stay. blessed day. Would you, keep, uh, would you keep us up to date on that prayer request too, please? All right, fantastic. Thank I you. I certainly will. All righty, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, we're coming up on the end of the show. Thank you guys for joining us today. We're going to be here at Calvary tonight at 7 o'clock. We're in the book of 2 Kings, and just so grateful to be back in the Word and back with our church family uh, tonight, just allowing the Holy Spirit to minister to us on a Wednesday night. You should be here. Let's worship together. Let's sing together. Let's pray together. Let's study the Bible together. See you at 7 o'clock, calvaryaurora.org, or get our free app. God bless you guys. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.